Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 206. You've got Chris and Brian. And today we are going to talk about the process of communication um, within a small unit environment or between multiple units, multiple teams, whatnot. Um, some of the things we've learned over the years doing stuff along with some lessons learned from some of our buddies and either the dot mill side or the LE side um, and how they use comms um, to communicate clearly concisely and unambiguously yeah and guys this is uh you know this is also not one of those like this is this is the way this is you know we'll talk about that there are a number of a ways um probably the biggest part of the communication end of things is if you are in a team environment um or you're training with a group of guys that is an ad hoc team but maybe that's you know who you're hoping is around when you need to shoot move and communicate um, and, and just because communicate comes last does not mean it is the least important by any stretch of the imagination, uh, especially in a team environment. Uh, it is a big, big, big deal to have everybody on the same page. So however you do it, just make sure everyone's on the same page. And, and there may be, depending on your environment, how much the team trains together, etc. there may be a situation where just saying exactly what the hell is going on is what needs to happen versus some of the things we're going to talk about here in the next moment yeah. or two. So, yeah, because like I said, there's always, whenever we get together with our group, we've got a couple guys who train, uh, for example, they train with max velocity. Um, and there's there's a certain code of communication there. There's a certain modality, a certain way they do it there. Um, Brian and I have both trained with tactical response. And, you know, there's some ways they do it there. And then there's guys coming out of team environments, and they may do it yet a third, fourth, fifth, sixth way. Again, not right, wrong, or anything else. Uh, some ways may be better than others, and some ways may just be more applicable to a chosen group. But just making sure everybody's on the same page. So, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, one of the <clears throat> you know the most important things we found is having a consistent vocabulary. Yep. Uh, there's nothing worse than you saying one thing and somebody else thinking that is something completely different than what you think it is. Yes. Um, and then they do something completely unpredictable. Um, that it appears to be the right thing in their mind. Yeah. Um, that is a big problem when you need somebody to do something because <coughs> you want them to go in one way so that you can send bullets in the other way. Yeah. And they go in the direction that you want your bullets to go. Bad. Um, bad. Yeah. Bad. Very bad. Very bad. Number 10, very bad. So, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things like, you know, um, what would it be? Immediate action drills. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, responding to contact. Um malfunctions, loading, um, stuff like that. You want to have everybody on exactly the same page yeah. with the same one or two word brevity codes or phrases Yeah. Uh, so that when you say, anybody says the thing, everybody else understands what exactly the thing is. Yeah, and, and there's, you know, there's a the point in communication, you know, where where having, if you have a group of guys that you train with on a regular basis, you know, then there's, there's obviously going to be simply eye movement can be enough if yeah. there's two guys doing a slow search through a building uh, a totally non-dynamic slow search silent search whatever you want to call it through a building through a structure or something like that and looking at doorways and stuff like that somebody's simply looking somebody in the eye and then looking to a specific place that eye movement may be enough of a calm for one person or another if a team trains together enough something as simple as it, uh, the the knife hand you know or yeah. pointing in a certain direction hey you know that's that's you or hey that's me or whatever you know, it, 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 there's the, the military's got a whole set of hand signals and stuff like that that I think in general it would be good to understand or have a passing knowledge of. 
Um, you know, but you know, it, it, if you do this enough, you will get to a point where you can probably do it just about with just about without words when we're talking about a a slow or non-dynamic environment. When things start to go dynamic, um, you know, shots have been fired, etc. Some you know, the bad guys know you're there or whatever. At some point, the 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 auditory aspect of that changes, and there's probably a little less of a necessity to be super quiet once guns have gone off. And so that's probably as much what we're talking about here as anything else. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to start off with with probably the the simplest of all things. You know, there's when you're talking about a react to contact kind of drill or a react to contact kind of environment, whoever sees whatever is deemed as contact or the enemy or something that needs to be engaged is generally going to call out a a threat vector. They're going to yell contact or you know, enemy front, 300 meters, enemy front, 50 meters. If they're saying 300 meters, um, that better be somebody probably looking through a magnified optic on comms doing Overwatch telling you, hey, a bad yeah. guy just popped up with a, you know, RPK 300 meters out, blah, 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 blah. Because your Mark 1 Mod 0 eyeball generally can't identify threats super easy at nearly a quarter mile. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you've got, you see, you know, a bad guy move through a window trying to get in position on you, um, at 50 meters, then calling out, you know, contact 50 meters front, um, you know, window, you know, third window from the left, I don't know, second floor window, whatever. Um, and as, as, you know, these things become a lot more applicable in, in the field when you start talking about, like, say, law enforcement, for example, you may be the guy who shows up first responder to a critical incident, to a mass cast incident, something like that that's legit, where you're looking at this scene with your rifle um, in your hands and you see somebody with a weapon who is not in uniform move through a certain sector to get on the radio and let your buddies know, hey, the threat is here, at least at that exact moment, last known point of, you know, last known point yeah. of existence matters, um, you know, that, that kind of, but calling out where is that threat, what direction, how far away, and maybe specifically some terrain feature to identify where they're at, you know, on top of that hill, um, in that ditch by that tree, you know, whatever. Um, if you're standing in the middle of the Monongahela National Forest saying by that tree is probably not helpful. Uh, but if there's a direction you can give out in the distance, that'll help pin that down. Yeah. There are trees in the Monongahela, aren't there? There's lots of trees. Okay, cool. I, was, I thought there, that was a good one to use all there. Of the there trees. we go. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. there are almost as many trees as there are in New Brunswick. Perfect. That's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the other very important thing when you're doing stuff like that with calling out directions to a threat is being able to pinpoint your location. Yep. Um, I did a training back in October. Um, did some surveillance-based stuff. Um, one of those ended up. One of the exercises ended up being in vehicles, and we were constantly having to give our position on like city streets. Yeah. So having a consistent means of saying what street I'm on and what the cross street is becomes yeah. very important. In, in, um, in your direction, a yeah, vector again, direction, you know, I'm northbound on Main Street, you know, at, crossing, you know, high, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be, you know, and, and that's totally ass backward for Columbus, Ohio, if you caught that reference. Yeah. So, so. Uh, yeah, there was definitely a, call it a, a difference in capability between some of the LE trained guys who did this stuff yes. reflexively, yeah. and then us kicking civilians who were not so good on the radio. Yeah. Um, which led to a lot of confusion and wondering of like, oh, okay, great, they're on the street. Where are they on the street? Because yeah. the street is five miles long. Exactly. Yeah, if you said High Street in, in Columbus, Ohio, High Street in Columbus, Ohio is what, 12 miles? 
maybe longer than that. Yeah, maybe longer than that. I mean, just from 270 to 270 is a long, yeah. long stretch. And then again, which way are you moving? Yep. Yeah. So that you know the the vector aspect of that communication matters, and so does the brevity aspect. If if you're you know that's another thing in comms is that's why we're talking about this from a perspective of having things somewhat pre-programmed because you're sitting there on the radio keying the mic holding the mic down trying to figure out whether you just crapped or went blind um, takes a significant amount of time where somebody else might have critical information to input to the conversation and you're the guy thumb on the mic don't be the guy thumb on the mic any longer than you have to be and and try to well that's another conversation we'll get to that in a minute so yeah 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 the other I mean brevity wise. If you're one of those people that talks to Siri to make your text messages yeah. and it comes across to somebody else is one big on failed fourth grade writing assignment, yes. Um, yes. that is not good radio discipline. No, no, zero at all. Now, if you're somebody who does do voice to text and you can do it effectively, um, that that's that may be your radio voice. That that may be how you communicate on the radio, um, and, you know, seriously. So consider that. And maybe that's a good way to practice. I don't know. That and, 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 and that that brings up an internal topic to this specific message is practicing it. Yeah. Um, you may feel like a total flipping dweeb driving somewhere you're not used to driving and talking to yourself in the car and maybe practicing saying, you know, hey, I'm I'm on I'm on Main Street, you know, westbound at at High Street, you know, verbalize those things to yourself, you know, if there's no one else in the car. Or if your spouse and kids will tolerate it, whatever, um, they probably yeah. already think you're crazy anyway. But you can actually practice these things as you're driving, and it's the same mentality. Maybe you're on the highway somewhere. You know, I'm I'm on 161 at exit 40, um, you know, 62, and just work your way through those kind of things because you can practice it. It's like anything else. You can dry fire this. Yeah. Yep. Ew, dry fire. Yeah, and then I guess the added layer to all this is having the situational awareness to know where you are in space. Yep. Kind of at all times um, becomes really important because if you got to look around and figure out where you're at, um, that's burning <clears throat> time. Yeah. That could be spent doing something else. Yeah. And and again, if you find yourself struggling with that, do that part off the radio. Yeah. Do that part off the radio. Don't don't be on the mic while you're doing that. So. Um, so yeah, so threat vector, calling out a threat vector, your location, the threat's location, etc., and direction of movement for either the threat or yourself. Um, you know, super important to initial contact and beginning whatever struggle you're about to begin, whatever fight you're about to have. Um, beyond that, I, I, I think, you know, when you get into other manner of comms, of that initial contact call out, what's next? Yeah, telling your team, if you're the team leader or the squad leader or whatever, telling your guys what to do yeah and then when you're doing that ideally your higher element higher command element is getting that information at the same time so that they know what you're doing yeah so that your partner teams can also be coordinated yeah or and and maybe you can be corrected yeah. maybe what you've chosen to do is run to the guns and at that exact moment that's not what they want because there's another element that you don't know about their exact position that kind of conversations that's again a part of why comms to hire if it's, if it's an observational communication strategy for hire they can jump in and do whatever um you know just remember that admin will get you killed so yeah um sometimes you know but yeah anyway so i'll leave that alone uh, but yeah so you see we have that aspect of communication if your your team leader then calls out to you you know somebody's called out contact front 50 meters you know something like that um, you know, do you have a, is your plan 
based on the objective to to overrun whatever's in your way or is your plan based on what you're trying to do maybe to retreat one way or the other or move around the objective or things like that so once those communications are laid in and your team leader has told you you know hey we've got contact front we're gonna we're gonna back away from this we're gonna retreat you know whatever um you know and and so depending on your formation hopefully everybody understands that if you're linear and the threats at the front of the column then you're doing a you know a dd mal or a a peel or whatever you want to call it um you know moving to the rear something like that or or if you're in a line abreast already in movement and you're doing a movement to the rear there's going to be elemental movement you know cover fire etc those kinds of things so we want to talk about communication within that aspect of it next yeah okay um, and again, these are big topics, guys. There's not any one way to do it. You know, we're just going to talk about how we've done it and give you guys an understanding of you need to get out and figure it out for yourselves. But, you know, having somebody else's strategies laid in might make it a little bit easier. Yeah. There's, there's ways that have been proven that work. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say the textbook for this stuff is probably the Ranger Handbook. Yeah. Because um, it deals almost exclusively with small unit patrolling. Yeah. Um, being able to get your people into the proper formations. Mm-hmm. So you can get guns oriented safely in the right direction yeah. becomes really important. And again, having that shared vocabulary amongst your people so that when you say, you know, line abreast, everybody does line abreast and yeah. doesn't turn into a single file column. Or, you know, you go into one, some of the different echelon formations, you know, people know what they need to do. They can do it. They can do it very quickly. They can do it without coaching and correction. Because uh, we're in, you know, we're in situations where potentially, you know, milliseconds matter. Yeah. Um, so being able to get get people into the right place um, very quickly, quietly, you know, while a lot of confusion in the world is seemingly coming to an end, yeah. um, is really important. And if you practice these things, then hopefully your team will be able to assume that line of breast or or do that peel or do those different pre-programmed kind of things and not look like a group of four and five-year-olds playing soccer. Yeah. Um, which is to say they just glom onto the ball and chase it around the field. Um, or Afghans doing jumping jacks. <laughs> or that. Either way. So, you know, so yeah, you're looking for that that move that, you know, and, and then so once you're, once you're in, you know, that position, if you're advancing toward the target or away from the target, whatever whatever that movement is, or, or potentially laterally, you know, to move yourself off the line, you know, and get around uh, whatever that obstruction is. If you don't have the sheer force to overrun it, or that's not your, that's not part of your mission plan is to overrun anything you oppose. Um, you know, just don't let it get behind you. But either way, um, so you talk about moving and stuff like that. Uh, one of the things, you know, that we get into, and, and I, if I'm jumping ahead, stop me. But, you know, one of the things we get into is like the move, moving, different things of that nature. So everybody's set up. You're, you're, you're throwing some hate at the bad guy, keeping his head down. Uh, it's time to go one way or the other. Go somewhere. That move, moving, um, you know, conversation where, you know, you're, you, you decide to take charge as an element and call out you know, moving and somebody's going to respond to you, move or something along those lines. Um, you want to make sure that at least in that initial stream of movement, you get some kind of response. If, if your team's working through the rifleman's cadence to keep the bad guy's heads down, they've initially done that, that, hey, we've got fire superiority on you, you should duck. And then you break into that rifleman's cadence. Somebody calls out moving, somebody else responds from the other element, move. You get up and go in whatever direction you're going yeah. to. Um, you know, and, and, and at that point where the rifleman's cadence happens, you should see heads on swivels looking around to see what's going on between shots being fired 
and hopefully the team lead is maybe doesn't need to be on the gun at that point for both teams and can say, you know, can be the guy that confirms, hey, yeah, go ahead and go, do your thing. And you, and you get up and move as an element, rapid, short, three to five yard, maybe seven yards, 10 yards tops, quick, quick, quick movement. Um, the I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. Um, you know, you, you don't want to expose yourself long enough for someone to get good sights on you. And hopefully your other elements taking care of that, those people keeping their heads down, yep. you know, and, and we get the, what is it? The crimson blossom of death, if the yeah. bad guy pokes his head up. Um, but don't become the crimson blossom of death because you stayed up too long in your movement. Uh, hard thing to train because you're essentially doing burpees with Do guns, with, yeah, right, um, in that environment. So, you know, that, that move moving, keeping the communications up, you're down. From there, this is an interesting conversation because one of the things that I was taught is when that element that moved gets in position on the second shot from from a guy and this really only works when you have smaller groups of you know maybe two man elements on either side four man total yeah. something like that once you get that second shot from an individual shooter you know their guns up you know they didn't change mags then their mags not going to fall out of their gun the second shot tells you they're officially up and running that may be your cue as the other element to go ahead and move uh, whichever way you're moving, that kind of thing, um, you know, or you may still call out, you know, moving and that second element set up and the team leader hopefully is paying attention and can call moving, you know, go ahead and move back to you kind of thing. Um, input on that. Yeah. So just to, to clarify a couple of things Chris has been talking about here, uh, when he says rifleman's cadence, uh, we're talking oh, about sorry. one one shot about every two-ish, maybe two, three seconds. Yeah. Um, the idea is we can provide suppressive fire um, once we've done that initial, you know, volume of hate yep. um, to get the enemies head down or, you know, get them to realize that they picked a fight with somebody that didn't want to pick a fight with. Yeah. Um, but allow us to, to maintain that kind of fire superiority over an extended period of time. Yeah. Because uh, you're just dumping rounds as fast as you pull the trigger. Chances are you're not really applying effective rounds on target. Yeah. Um, it's also burning through magazines very, very quickly. Um, and we think about magazines equal time um, for us to do things. Yeah. You know, we're only carrying so many mags on us. We need to we need to ration that time to some degree. Yeah. Um, so that rifleman's cadence again, about one round, about every two seconds, um, that allows you to apply effective fire on target still gives you enough time to kind of figure out what's going on around you and then we're talking about in this scenario like two um two-man fire teams with possibly a team leader um between them or one of the one of the four guys is essentially the like the team leader for the squad yeah but we have two um two-man fire teams that are moving or two two yeah two two-man fire teams that are kind of mutually supporting, um, but the two fire teams are moving independently of each other. So that while one's moving, the other one is shooting. Yeah, in a coordinated fashion. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and, and, and the other part of that too, like Brian's talking about, your, your rifleman's cadence, unfortunately, may be forced to be different. If you have two four-man teams moving, you've got a lot of guys with guns, you could back off that cadence a little bit and still maintain yeah. that, that round or two every couple seconds going over the bad guy's head or into the bad guy's deflate or cover just to remind him, hey, we're still here kind of thing. Um, if you're, you know, if it's one guy covering one guy, 
uh, you're going to run out of ammo really freaking quick. Quick. Never mind, you're probably going to run out of oxygen in your quads quick too. Uh, so there's a combination of those things going on, and and that's so some of those things dictate how much you're spending in ammo equals time yeah. to move and stuff like that. But you know, if you're especially if you're moving to away from the bad guy, if it's a you know we we poked a hornet's nest and we don't want to be anywhere near this. Um, you know, you really need to decide what you want to, how much gear, how much ammo you want to have burnt in that initial engagement because you may need it later kind of thing. But by the same token, if you didn't survive it because you didn't shoot, you know, you got to weigh that out. That's a, yeah. that's a situation dictates kind of thing. But we want to keep the bad guys head down. And so that's yeah. that cadence. Um, to, and then in addition to that, um, once we get above you know two or four people um the ability to communicate verbally in this scenario gets yeah. really really challenging it's muddy um, especially if you don't have integrated comms into headsets where yeah. you can hear what's going on um with your comms really well uh, so being able to communicate by gunfire becomes really important mm -hmm. uh, the times i was down a tactical response doing their high-risk civilian contractor stuff mm -hmm. Uh, we had, you know, nine-man team, or we had two eight-man teams in one of the classes, and we communicated almost exclusively by gunfire, yeah. which was yeah. a glorious thing to partake in. Yeah. Um, but in, the, in those situations, being able to differentiate between inbound and outbound gunfire becomes really important. Mm -hmm. um, and as Chris was saying, you know, waiting for your teammates to fire that second round so you know their gun is up, but once that second round goes... That's your signal that you should probably be moving yes. and no longer shooting uh, so that you can get to where you need to go and then send your first, second, and multiple rounds so that your buddy knows, hey, it's time to go. Yeah, and, and, you know, and again, we're back to time. If you, this needs to be efficient, and it needs to be efficient because you will run out of ammo. And if you go out, if you have an opportunity to train to do any of these kind of drills, you will find out how quickly you run out of ammo and, and there's a there's you know there's obviously a physical fitness aspect to it that we you know that's well, this is these types of drills are the primary reasons we probably harp on physical fitness is this and actually maybe being able to sustain a fight for 30 to 60 seconds yeah. physically those two things are critical um, you know this is what we're preaching about but that that aspect of it so but the talking guns thing with big groups you that 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 awareness of what it sounds like when you're when the other team is set up and sending some rounds so that they're not burning their ammo waiting for you to figure out what's up and these are you know again this is a difficult thing to practice especially in mass um you know if you if you're serious about it and you want to go practice it and you're under 30 join the military um you know go go into a combat arms job you know go to the army and then volunteer to go to ranger school and and you know good luck to you and go do that uh, you will you will get good at it and, your P really and the PT is pretty good. Yeah. They feed you. They make sure you're in good shape. Um, Ranger school, they might not feed you so well. Yeah, but, you, but you'll be sexy when you come out the other end. So, um, yeah. Without a hair care product or a workout regime video. Never mind. That's a different team. <laughs> um, so, anyway. So, we go from there. Uh, and that, uh, one of the other communication things that comes up all the time is, like, loading. Um, we're talking about burning through ammo. We're yeah. talking about running out of ammo. Loading. What is loading? Loading. I'm up. Check. Roger. Copy. Sunflowers. Pineapple. Um, you know, I mean, what do you, what, what's your, it's not a safe word. It's a, you know, it's what are you calling out? What are you doing? Yeah. Loading. I'm up. Or loading. And then boom, boom, boom. Obviously, I'm up on that second round. The mag hasn't fallen out. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So this is my personal take on <clears> this. 
um, as again a KKD civilian. Yep. Um, if I'm saying loading, that means my gun's going to be up in about two seconds. Yeah. If I say malfunction, um, yep. my gun is going to be up in some five, ten, twenty seconds. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Maybe I've got to switch to my my secondary. Yeah. Or I'm going to take somebody else's gun because they're doing something else. Yeah. Um, that that is why I like loading yep. versus malfunction um, versus a generic term like stoppage. Yeah. Because um, that doesn't stoppage says okay I can't shoot. Yeah. But it doesn't tell my teammates how long it's going to take me to get back in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the reality check too is if you're calling some of this stuff out, you change your speech patterns a little bit. You tend to stretch words out as you say them louder. You say loading rather than loading, you know, kind of thing. So if you're calling out loading, by the time you've said loading stretched out over that period of time, you the mag ought to be headed toward the mag well at that point. So, yeah. I mean, it should be one of those things as you're calling it, you're, you're really close to being up and ready to go versus, you know, malfunction. Um, I'm down. The problem with I'm down could mean that maybe now we're talking about a medical situation. Maybe you've been hit versus I'm I'm clearing a malfunction. So, you know, again, calling some of these things out very plainly, um, you know, and there's the whole, oh, well, the enemy hears you calling loading, you know, um, that's cool because if they're smart enough, intuitive enough to do that, I can use that to my advantage because uh, the next time I'm set up and I've got maybe two thirds of a mag, maybe I'll call out loading and see who pokes their head up. Kind of like the M1 Garand end block clip ping yeah. you know that the good guys would carry around an empty block an empty clip or two and if they're in the right environment they might chuck that clip down after a series of shots just to see who looks you know so uh, simple communications that everybody understands matters um and, and you know depending on where your environment maybe the person on the other end of that understands you and maybe they don't you know yeah. maybe they speak the same language maybe they don't you know here's stateside with all the stuff we're worried about yeah, hopefully if you're calling loading, there's other guns up to back you up. That would be the whole point of having team yeah. tactics and team conversations. Uh, what else within that? What else beyond that, beyond loading, beyond, you know, I'm up, I'm, you know, I'm up should be the gun up firing, or you can yeah. call I'm up if it's a situation <laughs> where maybe you don't want to send rounds for some reason. Yeah. You know, I don't know. What else is there around that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know what that what that would be. So, um, what what other what are other critical components of of the of instructional stuff that a TL is going to throw out that a team leader is going to throw out at somebody? Um, you know, maybe a change of direction or something like that. Again, yeah. you know, clearly if we're saying we're going to flank left or flank right, or we're going to you know, or we're going to advance to the rear, or we're going to do whatever you know, advance to the front, you know, all those different things. Plain communication is probably going to win the day. Unless you have a group of guys that have clear-cut pre-programmed codes that you've trained very, very, very hard. Yeah. The other big thing um, that, again, once you get into bigger groups, so we go from four to like eight or yeah. sixteen, is the ability to kind of self-organize. Yeah. And to instinctively just be like, oh, we've got we're spread out, you know, sixteen guys, like line of breast, so everybody's, you know, we're on this big horizontal line. Um, you know, we're now, we're going to split into four, four man elements. Yeah. Um, so the, the four guys all the way to the left are squad one. Yeah. You know, the, the inner four on the left are squad two, <coughs> the inner four guys on the right are squad three yeah. and the four guys all the way to the right are squad four. Yeah. And just being able to accept that and to execute on it Yeah. versus playing this like third grade, 
you know, school dance of like, well, I got to find my best buddy. Yeah. Because we got to be together, even though we're on opposite sides of the formation. Yeah. Um, you know, be able to, to just be like, oh, this is where, where we're at. This is where we all fell out of this thing. And we're just going to rock and roll with it. Yeah. You're um, my new battle buddy. Let's, yeah. We got to move. We, we got to move. We got to get work yeah. done. Yeah. Um, we can... We can have our you know third grade bromance when this is all over. Exactly, <laughs> but the yeah. time for that is not right now. Yes, true statement. And th- and that does when you get into groups of guys that don't train together and don't do this, that does become a big a big deal because as we start to do things like say go from a um, you know a reactive contract a reactive contact in a in a linear fashion and the contacts at the point you know at the front end of the movement, um, point man calls that out and you do some manner of again of that peel. And then you want to go line abreast to the threat to get as many guns on the threat as possible. Uh, but maybe terrain dictated that you started with a peel or something along those lines. Um, you know, when you start doing that, things get jumbled up quickly. And the more you train to it, the more you'll be able to probably maintain your battle buddy. Um, the more you'll maybe be able to maintain that squad. But also, the more you'll be able to understand the flexibility of, I'm here and this is what's got to be done right now. What's my job in this formation, yeah. in this position? What's my job and where am I within it? And again, it comes back to practicing it. Um, but as you're practicing it, calling it out, communicating it, etc., um, you know, we, we have uh, opportunities, you know, to do this type of training um, on, a, on a fairly regular basis. And so one of the things that we do push is, hey, let's hit the pause button and take a look at this formation, where we're at, what's wrong, what's right. And, and, and from a communication standpoint, and it's interesting because we've had an opportunity to improve this over the years. And with a consistent group of people, it gets better every, you know, every iteration that we do, it gets a little bit better, um, but it only gets better because we're doing it. Yeah. So it is, again, so we're back to practicing communication, um, you know, not not just theoretically talking about it or whatever, but it is, again, you can dry fire some of it, and then some of it you've got to do as a team environment and go on. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think we're kind of scratching the surface on this aspect of it. Um, there, there's, is there anything else you want to add to the team aspect of it? I mean, I know we could, this is a topic that could go on for a long time. Yeah. With the team aspect of it, you know, again, having that, that shared vocabulary is critically important. Um, you know, if you've got a a group of folks you think you're going to need when the world comes to an end, um, the time to figure all that stuff out, you know, is now, you know, get everybody together, um, use some whiteboards. Yes. Um, you know, figure this stuff out, get everybody on the same page. Maybe even crib sheets. If you're going to a yeah. point where like, you know, you've, you've got a neighborhood watch, so to speak, and stuff goes weird, at some point, maybe even having, you know, crib sheets that you're, you know, you're gonna pass out, you know, who's, you know, if, if, you know, I don't know if you wanna get into call signs, blah, 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 whatever, I don't care how deep you go, um, or how shallow you go, but doing a crib sheet, doing a cheat sheet, so you can pass that around everybody and say, hey, here's some common language. You know, this will keep things simple. Is that the best way to do it? No. Practicing it, you know, on, on the scene, on the spot, probably not, but it's better than nothing at all. But that gives somebody something to throw in with a radio, with their Yesu, you know, and they're ready to do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, comms is a big topic. Uh, it, it, it's a real big topic. And, and then and the bigger the group gets, and if there become layers to the group beyond just a team leader um, and squad leaders, then, then it gets extremely complicated extremely quickly. So going yeah. out and doing it. Yeah. The other big thing, if you're looking at using, you know, some app on your phone to do your radios because you're all running AirPods or yeah. AirBuds or whatever those are, or, you know, Bluetooth earpieces and stuff, um, figure out now um, what kind of delay there is between when you push the talk button and when somebody hears 
thing yeah. over the app yeah. along with you know how many people you can realistically have connected at the same time yeah the net will um, only hold so much yeah um, stuff like zoom if you're on the free zoom only gives you like three or four people in a call yeah. um, one of the other walkie-talkie app things may have like a 20 second delay between talking and the message getting received yeah uh, so stuff like that um, you know technology is really useful and it's really cool yeah um, but it isn't necessarily a replacement for old school radios and walkie talkies and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And understanding those limitations means that you may adapt how you utilize it. You may utilize it for intel, you know, yeah. keeping an eye on what's going on. But then once stuff pops off, then we then we go to a different modality, a different way of making that happen. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, the other part of communicate that I want to throw out there real quick, um, looking at communication as a as a civilian in a single defensive environment, um, this is something else nobody wants to practice. Nobody wants to practice the, as I'm drawing my gun, I'm saying, stay away from me, leave me alone. So big, big gear shift here, going from a team environment to an individual environment, yeah. um, but still something that we see people, you know, we do some force on force stuff, um, sims, a little bit of airsoft here and there, just to get guys tuned up to working, verbalizing, communicating, setting up scenarios, solving problems. Um, utilizing hard skills and tactics that we've trained on for the entire year maybe you know a couple times a year we'll do some scenarios based stuff and doing the communication end of things telling somebody hey I'm not interested leave me alone stay away from me verbals and nonverbals from a communicative standpoint um, are your hands empty and open showing everybody in the world you're not a threat until it's time to be a threat uh, are you telling the bad guy stay away from me are you doing it in a way that is not escalatory that is not you know laced with profanity calling somebody out, you know, telling somebody, you know, um, I want you further away from me than your stank mom, you know, kind of thing is probably not a good way to de-escalate yeah. kind of thing. So are you communicating in a way that, you know, the 80-year-old lady across the street hears, well, oh, I heard him say, leave me alone, stop, go away, leave me alone. And then the person that was, you know, 30 yards away but had their headphones on saw you with your empty hands up, you know, wave and stay away from me, obviously, you know, doing those nonverbals and stuff like that. Practicing that stuff too is something that's super easy to do. And if it's pre-programmed, um, there's there's a lot of good information out there. I would send you to YouTube, um, the interwebs and look up ShivWorks, uh, Craig Douglas, ECQC, um, even in just some of the basic blurbs from those classes and some of the videos that Craig's put out there and his content and his students have put out there where they video a lot of this stuff, you can pre-program some responses to managing an unknown contact as he calls it the muck stuff um you know how do you talk to somebody who's advancing on you who clearly makes you uncomfortable uh that your radar is picked up if your radar is picked up your 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 little your little animal monkey brain is going hey this guy's he's screaming at you and you're trying to be a good a good human and and not be racist and not be this and not be that and and whatever else you're trying not to be if your monkey brain screaming at you it's a threat it may be seeing something you're not listen to it but have those things pre-programmed and have worked through them there are a lot of really great sources out there where you can learn your command voice practice your command voice and again people don't do this because it's kind of embarrassing in scenarios nobody likes role-playing yeah nobody <laughs> likes role-playing right it's public speaking uh what do they say that people would rather would literally rather go to their own funeral than give a speech in front of a large group of people um, I think that's probably compounded to do role-playing in front of your peers because you don't want to sound like an ass, you don't want to sound stupid, 
and you've got to play this part. And sometimes, you know, some guys have fun with that, some guys don't. Um, but, you know, get out there and do that too with your buddies. But you still can verbalize pre-draw stroke doing your dry fire stuff. You know, stop, leave me alone, I'm not interested. You know, stay back, you know, blah, 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 blah. And have those kind of conversations. And it can get a lot deeper than that. And so going and researching some of the stuff that ShiftWorks and Craig does, you know, in that, in that managing unknown contacts, it's, again, the brain... Your, your body's probably not going to go where the brain hasn't already been. So if you can practice some of this stuff and role play some of this stuff uh, with a spouse, with a buddy, with whomever, or especially in a group of people as a scenario, yeah. it's really, really, really good practice. But if you, you know, I know that talking to guys who teach law enforcement officers, that's one of the hardest things to get guys to do in the academy is to find their voice and speak and use the words. And if you can communicate to people, it doesn't always work. But a lot of the time, you might be able to get the bad guy or the actor to understand that you're cued into what he's doing, you're cued into where he's headed, you know his game, um, understand what those things are and, and how to use those tools. Maybe it'll lead to not having to get the gun out or even better yet, not having to shoot somebody. Um, and then the, the whole the BS that ensues beyond that. So there's, again, huge topics, but just kind of one of those reminders um, these topics came up a couple times in the shop over the last week or two where, you know, you're watching something that's going down on the news and you're like, you know, you're like, wow, I wonder if that person could have just, you know, maybe talked their way out of that or bluff their way out of that or yeah. whatever the case may be, you know, and go from there. So yeah, shoot, move, communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Communicate still matters. That it does. Amen. Cool. Um, yeah. On that note, <laughs> as we come across... Different things. Um, we try to get them posted up to our social media. You can follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. Um, as long as the commie bastards at Meta uh, stay in business and yeah. let us post things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On Facebook, we're Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we're Cap City Outfitters too. On our website, CapCityOutfitters.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at SilencerShop.com. Also on the website, you can sign up for the email newsletter comes out once a week um, or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com we will add you to the newsletter list and then we are here in hilliard ohio we're at 4465 cemetery road we're in front of the aldi's we're directly next to louis fusion drill we're here 10 to 5 tuesday through friday and then 10 to 3 on saturdays we look forward to seeing you soon yeah and if you listen this far be aware i don't know what this podcast is going to hit 31 march through 8 april there will be an nfa and tra- an nfa transfer blackout uh during that time frame uh because yeah. our nfa manager will be on vacay uh, yeah so that's nf anything to do with nfa stuff and then also doing regular ffl transfers if it makes it in before the 31st it'll be available for pickup uh, but if it doesn't then it'll be tied up until after the 8th of april yeah Yep. So, yep. We will, we'll see you soon. Thanks for joining. Take care.